This episode is brought to you by Back to Back Cigars. As you know, we are a guy-centered podcast, and what is more manlier than smoking a cigar? If you are trying to wind down from a long day at work, or if you just got a job promotion and want to celebrate, a cigar is a perfect way to go. Check out Back to Back Cigars for great tasting cigars. The link will be in our bio. What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Chair Talk Podcast. I know that we haven't really shot an episode in about two to three months, but bear with us. We're back. We just had to figure out some scheduling things with work and shit, but we're back. Yeah. And in this Happy week's episode, that's right. This <laughs> week's episode, we got a great guest, Mr. Donnie Villanueva. How you doing? Great. Good. So do you want to tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, it's a lot of it about myself. So. Yeah, go. Dive here. Dive um, right everybody knows me as Donnie. From um from the town from Elgin, um I grew up cutting hair, and um for a very long time, almost getting close to thirty years doing it. Since I was a kid, I was cutting hair, but but I've been cutting professionally for a long time, still do it. And uh, also, I teach martial arts, I'm a black belt in jujitsu, um, Brazilian jujitsu, and um trained with a lot of interesting characters, MMA fighters, um, some that you've seen on TV. In the UFC and other other sports, other uh, organizations, Bellator and other things like Strikeforce, Pride, the old school ones too, but also you know champions as well. And the f- current champion right now, the one thirty five er Juliana Pena, current champ. Yeah, she's a she's a really good friend of mine. Um, I was one of the first people she met when she came out to Chicago, and um, she started training with us right away and. She was a work in the making, man, and it was pretty amazing to see her pick up her career where she left off. And and it it's funny how, like, everything ties together. Like, me cutting hair started me off doing jujitsu. Like, that's where I first started and got into an MMA gym was because I was cutting um, Jeff Curran's hair. And he was a former fighter in Pride, UFC, Strike Force. And he got me in it, and I had to do his haircut for a fight. And he flew me to Vegas. It was a pretty cool oh, weekend. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Met a lot of celebrities and fighters. And so, how did he get you into it? Were you just cutting hair? Like he was just telling you about like what he did, or like is it when he flew you out there to see the fight and you just fell in well, love with it? Or a buddy of mine um, trained under him, and um, I was always a fan of MMA, jujitsu, and all that. Um, the Gracies. We would rent the videos at like Blockbuster. Me and my brothers and like, <laughs> and we would grab on the carpet and get like rug burns. Yeah. And, <laughs> Make each other stay uncle, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, it was that was back in the day in the '90s, and then um, time went by. It was late later 2000s. Uh, there was really not a lot of jujitsu or MMA gyms in the area. You know, you would have to travel to like Chicago. I know there was a there was some schools. Carlson Gracie was here, you know, brought it here, and there was a lot of black belts came out of Chicago for under him. But that's real far away from Elgin, and um, then. Uh, a uh, buddy of mine was training MMA and he was training under Jeff Curran and he's also a Pedro Sauer black belt and um, he was a, a fighter one of the early pioneer MMA fighters in Chicagoland area he's pretty much a legend a pioneer for the area so he, he, he had uh, I didn't know back then because back then we didn't have the internet like we do now to search things up but um, he was under Pedro Sauer which is under Hicks and Gracie and um, Helio so he's old school jujitsu like straight from Brazil, straight Gracie style, you know? And I didn't know, and I was always a fan of that. So then when I saw that, like, oh, cool, this dude's training freaking Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, and there's, like, none in the area, and he's, like, legit fighter, this and that. And and I did see him fight 
uh, prior to that, I remember. And so my friend, you know, seeing his believing. So when I met him, I saw him like, oh yeah, he did. I did see him in the in the cage fighting, and then they, <clears throat> I think someone saw me do some cool haircut. I did like a lot of designs and graphics. And then when he, someone showed him like, hey, you know, Jeff, check out his um his haircuts, you know. And I had some pictures or something like that. And I got my phone. It is back in the day. He's still cheap phones, and <laughs> and uh, they were like, oh, that's pretty cool. And he and he wanted me to do a test run on his head at his gym like a week later from that and uh so i went out there or something and then we did like a little test drive and i did like his whole entire heading graphics and it was pretty crazy and uh because i got to go to the to the facility and the facility was ranked like top 20 in the world of one of the best mma gyms so it was a huge facility and like like two boxing rings an mma cage like a speed and conditioning where there was like a track where you could run on and all that tire flips like all that stuff a, a weight room they had dorms where fighters can stay. Wow. They had a huge room. Overtime wrestling was up there. It was like a big old room matted out for wrestling. And next to that was a room the same size that was the dojo where you train jiu-jitsu and stuff. So the gym was super huge. It was like, I don't know, some shit you don't see. Like some, like is that in you, the Chicagoland area? Or is that that was in Crystal out? Lake. Okay, okay. That was so in Crystal Lake. And wow. So I got to cut his hair there, do a test drive. And then, then they had other fighters in there. Like Bart Pilashinsky was in there. He's also a former... Um, UFC veteran and WEC and all that and and he was there and like other guys Nate Moore was another guy that fought in the UFC um I'm trying to get everybody a shout out <laughs> uh Mike Stump I think that's his name yeah I think it was a Canadian guy they were they were he was up there and he was a UFC veteran it was a lot of guys it was also professional boxers were coming in and out of there um, What's the is the gym still operating like to this day? Yeah, they just like, moved it... and it kind of changed. Like the, the over the time, the culture changed a little bit in uh, jujitsu and MMA. So, yeah. I would say back that was like '09 when I went there, and then a few years later they moved, and then they had a downsize. Okay, because it was real big, and then they got another place, and then where they're at now, they they're in the same area, but uh, it's more based for like jujitsu and the family and all that, like martial arts. He did tone down a lot, like with uh, coaching fighters, because he had a lot of fighters. This guy had people flying in from Japan to train and didn't know any English. I was like, wow, this is crazy. But people <laughs> coming in from all over, and I would see these guys on TV, like, holy shit, these guys are in the UFC and WEC and Strike Force, et cetera, you name it. They were fighting and they were going to his gym a lot. Um, Jens Pover came in. I don't know if you guys remember him, Little Evil. He's a half uh, mohawk with uh, graphics on his head. And I got to see in the UFC hair. too. He he fought. Yeah, he was the first 155er. Him and BJ Penn on the very first UFC show oh, wow. and the Ultimate Fighter. And he fought. Oh, and he was like the reason why they made 155. Like that was his weight he picked or something. And he beat BJ Penn. He was a winner. Look at what that division became. Wow. And I ended up cutting his hair. And I was always a fan of like all of them. BJ Penn, yeah. Jeff Pover, and and ben, Jeff Pover. I was like, man, I always like would watch him in WEC when you fight like you're out of favor, and he was like watching his hair with graphics. And um, I was like, man, I always want to cut his hair. Like, that'd be so dope. And then one day, he popped up in the gym. And he had, like, a big old shaggy head, like a big old mop. And I saw him, like, oh, what the heck? And then yeah. everybody's like, oh, shit, just poor. Like, what the fuck? So it was like, <laughs> it was like you know, you kind of, like, it's weird. You're not really too starstruck, but, you you know, you're like, this is pretty cool. And, then you, you know, you're nervous. You don't want to be a goofball and, and make it awkward either you know you want to keep your comport and it was cool because i got to train with him train with jens pulver back then and roll jiu-jitsu and all that and and he got the fight he did a fight out of our camp and he won he got like a knockout or no 
like knocked the guy down, took his back and like choked him out. Oh, out in like what's that town? Uh, uh, oh my goodness, it's out west of of here, going toward oh where the where the Harley Davidson is on forty seven. Woodstock. 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 They did it in there. The okay. fight in just over five. I remember, and I did his haircut for that fight. Gotcha. So it's pretty cool. But it's cool you got to merge yeah, and like yeah. how your two passions kind of. That is kind of cra- yeah. You described it really well. It's how pretty it, like, cool. Brought, yeah, yeah. haircutting brought you to MMA, but then also being able to like reverse that up and like be able to actually cut people's hair that you're seeing fighting and training. Right. Like, those two worlds just mesh perfectly for you. It, it sounds, did. sounds pretty sweet. It was re- it was really cool. It was like it was kind of like ahead of its time in a weird way. Like I didn't even know what I was doing at the yeah. time. Going out there right here, and then I got to cut their hair. Like Jeff flew me out the first one when I cut his hair. He flew me out to Vegas, and he fought Mizuzaki. It was on the WEC card, and um, it was a lot of people on that card that ended up meeting later and training with them and all that. Like like Ricardo Lamas was on there. Um, he he fought in that card. Uh, what's his name? The guy from Indiana over here. Man. Not Thug Nasty. You know, yeah, th- he was really good. He was, he was, he was oh, a champion. True. He lost his belt that <laughs> night. One thirty-five champ, Mexican dude. What's his name? Oh. Was that small, quick guy? Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna be of any help. I'm not. Oh man! I don't know. Is, uh, 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 Torres, Miguel Torres, was on that card. He was like undefeated. He was like pound for pound one of the best fighters at the time, and he got like his first loss. Oh, okay. He lost his belt that day, and we were like, I was like ringside watching all this, and I got to kick, kick it in Vegas and go to like the 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 rehab. Remember that thing? Uh, the big old club at the Hard Rock, big old pool party. Gotcha. We had to go to do all that. It was it was. It was badass. It was dope. When you were coming to us, did you feel like the fighters like respected you? Because at the time you had started training, right? By the time that you just ran, through as soon as we went to Vegas and I saw that, that's when you started. I actually got to train at a uh, Randy Couture's, and I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I mean, I, I was always scrappy. Always got like in fights, and I practiced. <laughs> I used to box a little bit and spar and stuff. So did those fighters respect you though? These UFC yeah, professionals? Like, did, did, did it make them? Re- did it make it special for them? Like having it wasn't just some like. Um, regular barber. person. It was somebody yeah. who actually trained like new I think I think everybody respects their everybody respects their barber okay. to an extent, right? Like and they got to or something after their head, right? Because well, they can mess you up on the mat, but I mean Donnie can mess the haircut. He, he can do he both. Could, he could. He could. Uh, <laughs> mess the haircut no, on the mat or at in that the chair. time. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just mess up their hair. Yeah. <laughs> actually, I wouldn't mess up their hair if I kicked my ass. So it was pretty cool going out there. It was it was surreal, you know, That's neat. fights and all that, and and I came back and I signed up right away and trained. Also, I met Jeff's um, instructor uh, Pedro Sauer, which is like an eighth degree, like a uh, coral belt, which is above black belt. He's almost a grandmaster. Like, I think one more. I think he gets to a certain age, he tops out at like red belt, ninth okay. degree. And how yeah. many years of that of training is that? Like the that ninth degree. Bl- that that, that just been a black belt. I mean, he's probably been training since the seventies or sixties. I don't know what year he was born, but he's been a black belt since like the eighties. So this guy is—he's highly decorated, super world renowned, and that's his. Uh, he trained with the Gracies back in the old days. You want to explain real quick Gracie what challenges and all that? You yeah. remember that? You want to explain how Gracie Jiu Jitsu is so for Gracie, the people that don't know? So Brazil, like the originators from brazil they were, they were you know when they before they called it brazilian jiu-jitsu they called it gracie jiu-jitsu was first where this japanese guy came out here in the early 1900s came out to this side of the world he like traveled with a with a with a circus and he was he would uh show up and he would do like fights like no hold bar fights and 
he would prove himself. Circus. And so he, he went from, like, he even went to the White House and met Roosevelt, uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Gotcha. So he, he was a big boxing guy. Right. From he, was big, he, was big, he was a big, he was a big fighter. Roosevelt? Yes. Roosevelt was? Yep. Yes. He was, a big, he was a big yeah. guy of fighting and boxing and all that. He, he, he was front line. He was one of those dudes, you know, and mm-hmm. they set up a thing where they would have all their best boxers and wrestlers and fighters, and it's Japanese who whooped all their butt, beat them all tap. So he was no, and he went out of the way, he, he ended up migrating all the way down to Brazil, to Rio, and met. That's when he met the Gracie family because they, they helped them. I think they had money. They helped them stay. They loaned them some money or something, let them stay somewhere for a while. And when he went to pay them back, he was like, no, I don't want you to pay them. I just want you to teach them. I, that's what I want for my payment. Yeah. And that kind of birthed it because that's that. when he came to Brazil. That's cool. And Brazil is different. The culture is Latin America. So we're not bowing to each other and being all super nice. Or <laughs> you go to Latin America, go to Puerto Rico, Mexico, you already know. There's certain places they're just going to mug you. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it was it was... When you start using martial arts for, for realism, when you take out the rules, any martial arts, it all comes from battlefield straight to disabling person, knocking them out or even killing them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it was made for the battlefield. But when you put rules in it, it definitely suppresses the true That's arsenal. In terms of like the competition element, the right. sport. The sport. We know. Right. So you protect the fighters, etc., and then you take out some moves. So yeah. that's what... The Brazilians didn't really do because they started doing Valetudo fights, which stands for no holds bars, like anything goes. Valetudo, right? Anything goes. So, so these are just like straight street fights. Yeah, and this started in the early whew, 1900s. They, they they started doing. I think the Gracie School was founded in like 1925. Uh, and were these straight jujitsu street fights, or were these straight just oh, anything they were fighting, goes? Anything goes. Anything goes. They were proving themselves to anybody in the street. Anything goes. And and Helio is really like the founder, which is the father of Hickson. Which is the lineage I'm under. Also, where Jeff Curran's under too, because he was under Hickson was uh, Pedro Sauer was under Hickson and under Helio. Because so, who was the first ever Gracie that fought in the UFC? That was Hoyce. Hoyce. That's crazy. the little brother. Okay. That's one of the younger brothers of Hickson and Hoyler. Because he was in what UFC the first, the first few, the first yeah, yeah the first few yeah. right yeah that was before they were wearing gloves and yeah, no everything rules. they just had it was no fish hooking and no eye gouging and no biting but I everything mean, else was you could do anything else. I've even seen guys get in the nuts, like, boom, boom, repeatedly, yeah. <laughs> you can grab their hair, you were able to do... Have you seen any of his clips on YouTube? Butt. No, I, I haven't first gone through UFC. archives and watched those if you fights. Like I've the, learned a little bit about, like, the backstory. Like, look in the first, like, in the first ten UFCs, yeah, you'll see some wild stuff. And you'll see the sport start slowly changing and starting mm-hmm. started sanctioning. Because he wore the gi, too. He wore the gi. Yeah, he fought in, in the, the ring. Yeah, in yeah. the ring. Yeah, he fought in the gi. And so they allowed, like, gi chokes and stuff, so you'd be advantaged with... Yeah, the guy in there with a boxing glove. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> shit. I don't even know what the hell he was thinking. Yeah, what he was thinking, putting yeah. some padding in between his knuckles and their face. I mean, but... I, yeah, he had a... And this is the first UFC, and, and... So you can see, um... Even in the very first UFC, you can see there was a train of... There was a bunch of them. That would have come out with with Hoyce. There were all of the uh, Gracie family, the brothers, his older brothers, and all of them that trained him. And the father Helio's there. They're all there, and you can see like, like I can pretty much name all of them. Pedro Sauer, I think, is there as well as Hickson, Hoyler, Helson, like all of the family. Orion was the one that started the the whole UFC. So it was actually founded by them. Like they brought it to United States to showcase their jiu-jitsu that it was the best. Mm-hmm. So even before the 90s, before jiu-jitsu came to the States, or MMA or any of that, they were doing this in Brazil. They had fights back then. Like, Hickson has, has fights from, like, early 80s and stuff like that, where he fought this guy Zulu. 
this guy was like way bigger than him. They find a boxing ring with no gloves or nothing. But his uncle, Carlson Gracie, he was also a red belt, was in Chicago. He fought back in the days, like, I don't know, the 50s, 60s and all that, like way back. He was one of the first ones to take off the gi. So their whole family did this all through. And to that point, it was blood lineage, correct? Or was it understudy, like whoever For them, accepted the coach and kind of like trainee relationship? Yeah. Or was it still blood to that point? I mean... Because um, I know it originated with, obviously, the Gracie family name. Right. But yet still people that train and have developed like yourself. So you can be under under that right. team, under that lineage. So you had a combination of both. Okay. You had the, 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 the Gracie were the first ones. They got a hold of it and started teaching it. But also, if you think, like, when they started teaching, it wasn't just the Gracie family, and that's it. They had their friends, other people, without the last name Gracie. Gotcha. Those other people that picked up the style and picked up jiu-jitsu and spread it out through Brazil. But they weren't the first ones to come to the United States and bring it over. Mm-hmm. It was until the, they came to Cali, and then they started training in garages and all that. And then... Um, that's wild, training jiu-jitsu in a garage. Yeah, that's how that's- they started... You know, in a garage and teaching people. And, and uh, it was mind-blowing because when we see martial arts back in, oof, the day, right? Uh, you saw 70s, 80s, 90s. Like, you start seeing, like, Bloodsport and, you know, Bruce Lee and all that. You see a lot of... I wouldn't say Go. Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee did show grappling, but you would see, like, Chuck Norris and Bloodsport and a lot of movies. They're throwing a lot of high kicks and stuff and punches and kicks, and that was it. You never seen people get taken down to the ground mm-hmm. and get choked out or armbarred and all that. You didn't see that. I think Bruce yeah. did show a little bit of that. He did cross over and train all different styles. So you will see more, you know, it's more glorified for Hollywood. So we were so like, oh, yeah, you know, everybody's blown away trying to do all this karate stuff. You know, everybody thought karate was the thing. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have black belts here in the States in all sports, even in jiu-jitsu and other sports where they would um, pretty much water it down and teach kind of like some Rex Kwando, some McDojo bull crap. And it happens. Rex Kwando. And, and they, and they <laughs> go, and, they, and people fall yeah. for it. And people fall for it. You yeah. know, but they don't know, you know, and they start learning stuff. But some guys are legit. They're legit black belts. But then what happens is when you turn it, like I said, when you turn it into a sport, you stop learning the true essence of all the whole entire complete martial art. Correct. The joint locks, the takedowns, when someone grabs you, you know, what do you do? But in sport, you can't do that. If you're striking, right? He's going to hit each other. Boom, you know? Like Karate Kid, you know, like when you watch like Cobra Kai or Karate Kid, the, it's called sparring, mm-hmm. where you hit him like one time, you score a point, you and then, back up. right, you pull it back up, and then you start over again. Now think about that versus boxing. Yeah. Boxing, you keep it's going. Right, right, right. Or, kick, or Muay Thai, mm-hmm. you keep going, right? Yeah. So the ruling again waters mm-hmm. it down, so... You had certain fights like that that kind of took away from the sport, like Taekwondo and Judo and stuff, um, or the Olympics, wrestling and all that. You got combative sports in the Olympics, but you can see that the, there's a loophole in it. There's a sport. There's points being scored and all that. You can't just do what you want, you know? Yeah. Like Taekwondo, you can't punch in the face, but they can kick in the head and knock each other out. Gotcha. Right. Does just emphasize and so kind of highlight their like the uniqueness of their art. Yeah, it, it with changes. Boxing, Muay Thai, like that. Right. The head striking with the hands is typical, but again, like the Taekwondo, it, it's evolution in, in all sports. Maybe. If you look at even like the NBA or the NFL now, the rule setting changed kind of adapts it. and changes because now you can't do helmet to helmet in football, mm-hmm. so they're not running the ball and pounding no more. Correct. Or yeah, they're they're throwing it deep, mm-hmm. and you see a lot of where you're rushing yeah. yards, uh, passing yards. The game changed. Same with the NBA. No one's driving in the paint. There's too many nicky neck fouls. People are taking charge and flopping. They're shooting threes. Yeah. Like Steph Curry winning again. So mm-hmm. the, 
they brought the game back out where you're throwing the ball now. And you're seeing similar things. And you, you're relating contact. that with mar- mixed martial arts and right. how you've seen it's the le- Yeah, there's, there's, there's always going to be evolution. Even in jiu-jitsu today, there's sport jiu-jitsu that changes where they're not striking, but they're doing a lot of leg locks now, like like leg entanglements where they're allowing different leg locks that they didn't allow in like IBJJF tournaments, which stands for International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh-huh. They host the World and Pan Am, the Chicago Open. So those are like really big prestige tournaments, but there's certain leg locks you can't do. So, but then you got these other tournaments where they allow all the submissions. Gotcha. So it's it's having a little evolution, having an effect. and then they started adding slapping to jujitsu. Mm-hmm. It's called combat jujitsu. They're not knocking each other out with open hand strikes. Gotcha. Might as well do MMA. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. coming foot back full circle. You understand? Gotcha. So. That's and, and that's it's been so many years. It's pretty cool, you know, mm-hmm. seeing it from the Gracies like the first UFC. This guy had a key on. And they're fighting with no gloves. They're hitting each other in the head and the face. They're kicking each other and kicking teeth out. Like, it was really crazy. Yeah. One thing that I'm curious, though, is does anyone know or do you know or, like, is there any research out there? That first Japanese guy that flew out to Rio and everything, where did he end up learning jujitsu from? Uh, from the Kodokan in Japan. So, what's I think the his co- name what's, is... I, what's his, the, what's his, the Kodokan? His nickname, okay, his name is Maidai or something like that. The Count is his nickname. I can't remember or pronounce his name right. I know exactly who he is, but um, the Kodokan was like um, like a military thing. No, it was it was like the a big academy for judo. So this is the oh, so it part. originated from judo then. Well, judo originated from jujitsu before. Now this is where it gets kind of confusing, right? Let me let me We're explain this. Yeah, yeah. So in the late in the in eighteen hundreds, when the Kodokan I think started. And before that, uh, jiu-jitsu was frowned upon in the streets of Japan because it was made for the samurai. Pretty much, if you lost your sword, you would use this or something. Or so that's where it originated if from? If they had like armor on, you couldn't punch them. So you'd submit. You would grab them yeah. and take them down and submit them and break their arm and, or grab your little knife and stab it in between their armor plates, like stab through the neck or something. So jiu-jitsu was very, very violent. Also, when they were doing like a lot of... like. The moves in jiu-jitsu, it was just like, it was military, it was straight to kill. So, like, if I grab your arm and instead of flipping you over, I would grab your arm and break it over my shoulder and then flip you over. <laughs> if I was to demonstrate, like, yeah. I'll grab the arm instead of, like, a judo throw, be like this, and i flip him over. Yeah. The jiu-jitsu one will be, like, crunch and then flip him over. Yeah. And then when you do an arm bar, instead of just putting your leg over their head and, and pulling your arm back, they would stomp on their face and, like, break their yeah. arm. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you know, it was more violence. Yeah. A lot of the thugs and gangsters used it, they said, in in, mm-hmm. um, in, J- in Japan. And it was just hard to market. And it was just like, oh, that's for gangsters and street people, for thugs. So they started um, redoing um, jiu-jitsu or whatever. Because jiu-jitsu stands for gentle art. And judo stands for gentle way. So they started marketing with, like, girls, women doing it. And, like, little kids doing it. And they were calling it judo. So they were softening it and making it more marketable so people will, can It'd do it. It'd be more appealing. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, more appealing. There's still a stigma of like a turnoff to it. Because they're the same almost. They're like, yeah. judo is the baby of jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. The moves are overlapping. You see the same armbar Ronda does. Everybody does, right? Always great does. Uh, the gi chokes, they do them in judo. They wear the same attire. It comes from Japan. So it just migrated because of the sport. Like I was saying, so Kodokan made it where it was like a... a 
uh, they were teaching it like that as a sport. And I think when you're standing up, it's called rendori, and on the ground, it's called nawaza. I might be wrong. I don't know. I'm not good with Japanese terminology. A lot of my friends that teach are, and it's hard to keep up with all the words and the names of everything. I'm sure. But when you would go to the ground, it was, a, it was more, um, I would say that's what happens in MMA, right? You go to the ground, you stand the ground. But in judo, they stand you up after a certain amount of time. So if you watch Olympic judo, when someone goes down on the ground, you only got so much time to submit them, and then the referee will stand, stand you up. In a jiu-jitsu tournament, it goes on the ground, it stays on the ground, mm -hmm. and you, you don't really stand up until, you know, and you go to the catch, to the finish. They're so like, um, you slam them or you flip them over in judo, they land on their back, it's like ipon, and it's like the fight's over. You know, jiu-jitsu, you boom, you keep going until you get submitted. Starts. Right, until you get submitted, and then it, so the rules are different. But um, they have a lot of overlapping in styles. But I guess when um, they knew both, like judo and jujitsu, I'm sure they knew a lot of other things. Got to think Japan's an island, and there's so many styles, like Aikido and karate and all those different styles. And you can imagine people doing, like, MMA back in those days. So you're training, like, I'm going to train karate with this dude and judo with this dude, yeah. Aikido with this dude, you know, like... And they're similar because they all have like similar style of grabbing and joint lock. Even karate has, uh, like old traditional karate has like joint locks and takedowns and a lot of grabbing. When they do the punch, they grab the hand and pull them in and yeah. punch. That's what it was for. And not, not a lot of karate people don't even know that. I just found this not too long ago. So it's funny learning, researching all martial arts and the origins of where it comes from and how it changed. There's a lot of connections to it. There is. And I remember there was one guy at the gym that I train at where he was showing me, we were doing parrying for just like normal strikes and he was kind of showing me like the karate way of kind of redirecting and like utilizing energy, the same thing that you were just describing. Right. And it's neat to see how everything, it can kind of like, um, it can apply and like conjoin with different practices. Does, and as yeah. you're saying, like mixed martial arts before the term was, was right. given right. was already taking place way back oh, yeah. in time. It always does in everything. Uh, people migrate, they go different places, and they learn different techniques, you know, different tactics of, of battle, you know? So, like, um, oof, I can give you a couple of different examples. Like, the movie The Last Samurai, you know, the Japanese started adopting guns from the Westerners, you know? And then they started killing off all the samurais because everybody's using swords. Yeah. So, it's just evolution takes place, and you learn battle tactics from all over the world. Look where we're at now. I'm pretty sure everybody has our technology or close to it all over the world in our military you know nothing's a secret no more yeah and um so back then when people migrated and went to different places um they were picking up different styles of martial arts and then it adapted and changed when it goes to different lands so like when the jujitsu or judo whatever you want to call it went to, to brazil the way they were teaching and training it and the way the gracie family we're so serious about the art and, and testing it and testing it in, in a no hold bar situation in a street fight. And um, also, um, it, 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 it evolutionized. You know, it has to. It's the nature of habitat, you know, like survival of the fittest. So, and then in Japan, it was different. It was more frowned upon. I'm sure they had like a lot of laws and rules. I mean, there were, it was a certain point where they had to stop using their sword in Japan. Like they were carrying swords, and then it got to a point where swords were banned. You know what I'm saying? Katanas are awesome, though. Right. I want to get a legit katana. What are the rounds with an Omar? I'd frame that. I'd hang that up my like bed still, above my bed, dude. A legit straight Skin katana. That thing. I know those things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, those things are wild. Yeah. But I mean, it's all yeah, that's all cool. Kind of, um, I'm sure Braden and I are yeah learning about. I think the, they're doing a Netflix um, F, uh, series. 
About jujitsu? Well, pretty much on the, the count of the guy that came over and taught it, and it goes oh, all the wow. way into like Hickson as he's growing up as a kid. Or stuff like they got like actors playing them all like reenactments. Like, oh, I cool. think they're doing something. That'd be cool. I read about this like, in an article. Yeah. So I don't know if it's when it's gonna drop or whenever, but they're supposed to. That'd be good to get people more involved it, it, and knowledgeable. With yeah, because draw story, people to the sport. The story is really cool. I mean, I mean, yeah. it can it can go so many different directions. Yeah, Tina Roosevelt says something about it. Um, you can Google search, and he said like jujitsu is the most important athletics of all athletics. In like 1905, mm-hmm. it's like yeah. a little quote he said. So. He got a hold of it. That's the teacher that taught the crazy family. That's cool. So, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I mean, you can imagine people that travel. Let's say people from like China, Korea, Japan. They're all relatively close. People that traveled around there, they were learning other each other's styles from jiu-jitsu to karate to taekwondo to kung fu. Mm-hmm. They were saying a lot of stuff migrated over. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure some of it's influenced because you see some of the moves overlap. Some of the same punches, same kicks. Mm-hmm. The way they grab each other and take each other down, you see that all over. Yeah. So we'll have to keep a lookout for that yeah. uh, Netflix. Definitely. One thing I'm interested though, and I'm sure a lot of people are. Can you talk a little about about Juliana and kind of a little bit about her? Because I mean, she's as most people know, she's a UFC world champion. Yeah. She... Um. So kind of like, do you want to explain a little bit your relationship with her? Kind of what it's like training with a UFC champion and kind of her level versus, I mean, just I guess other people you've trained with. Well, well, I train with a lot of lot of great uh, fighters uh, all over different organizations. And they were all like different levels, high level and all that. And um, man, with her was was crazy. She kind of had like the Derrick Rose story. You know what I'm saying? Like blew out both of her knees. And this is when I met her right after she did that. So when she won the TV show, The Ultimate Fighter. Because um, what age is she right now? What is she, she's in her... She's I'll give it a Google to confirm. Because yeah. when did she first, like, when did she start getting injured? Was it... She got injured way back. She got injured before the TV show. She was injured. And then uh, The Ultimate Fighter. And she won that. Yeah. It was the first all-women show. So she's a pioneer of that, the winner of that. Was she, what, like mid-20s? Early 20s? She was early 20s when she won the show. Okay. And then when she got in, she, uh, in practice, she blew her knee really bad. Like a nasty knee tear. And um, she was training one of her training partners, and it was just a freak accident, you know? Her knee, her lower leg went one way, and her upper leg went the other way. Yeah, it's tough. She described it to me. I think, like, one ligament was holding it all together. She, like, blew everything out of it, almost, or one or two ligaments. It was crazy. And she was out for, like, maybe a year and a half, two years. She was out for a minute. And she was yeah. supposed to fight. She, got the, yeah. she won the contract. She didn't even get her first fight in. So that time went by, and like um, she and we ended up meeting her. So when she flew in to Chicago, um, her at the time, like her manager, agent, or somebody, um, knew my instructor, which is Luis Claudio, which he's under Hickson. He's a Hickson Gracie black belt. They are a friend from back in the day training at Hickson's. They trained jiu jitsu together, and he was, he was like, Hey, you got to check out my friend. He's awesome. He's out here. And, 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 in Schomburg, and that was her first time ever in Chicago, and then they sent me to go. This be this pre uh pre Uber, by the way. So, <laughs> so they sent me to go. I take one of my friends' car. They're like, you got to go get her this and that, and I went. I picked up at the Hard Rock Casino, oh not Casino Hotel, in downtown Chicago by the Bean, and then drove her back to Schomburg, and then like it was cool picking her up and then talking to her. It was funny. I, I like giving her an interview on the ride. 
talking and so about she was pretty famous at this she was pretty famous at this well, time too or i was, was kind of like on the come up she was on the come up she was popular because she just won the show okay um so she had exposure from the tv show and it was really popular because it was the first time they ever did women on the tough so i think it was season 18 and it was ronda versus uh misha tate for the coaches you're saying yeah the coaches okay. and it was supposed to be kazangano but kazangano blew her acl Prior to that, so they gave her, um, Kat, uh, not Kat, they gave her, I'm sorry, uh, Misha. And Misha is from Washington, the state. So she trained with Juliana. Misha did? Yeah, back then, back in her hometown area, you know, out there in Spokane. And, 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 uh, they trained, they knew each other. Her coach, everybody knew each other. They all knew each other. So she was actually, Juliana was actually the first pick for Misha. Mm. She picked her first. And so, when you first so she met... She saw some in her that we all didn't see. You don't pick a... When you first team. met uh, Juliana, she didn't have a UFC fight in or under her belt, right? This was before her UFC? She had the ones on the show. It's okay, like yeah. So. I would... I, and I, I would it still, it still the, counts? At least the championship They should count. Counts. They should count. They, they don't go people. under record for some stupid okay. reason. Yeah. Okay. But they're actually fighting... They're all pro fighters. Yeah. They're from different They're going at it. They're fighting for a big check. Those are real fights. And um, that was actually one of the things she said was part of her plea when she after the title fight. She counted those. She's like, man, if you count all those fights from the show, like, I'm pretty much the same record as Amanda or something yeah. like that, you know, right there with her. And um, she got the fight. She kicked uh, Nunez's ass. And that was a wild. I mean, and, that and was... She was a huge underdog. Like, one of the biggest second, upsets. Second largest in history. Well, it was yeah. the first. For a championship. And it was something crazy. Oh, Either the biggest or second biggest. I thought, I thought in my it opinion, that would have been... Was it was another women. I think it was the most popular underdog fight. Yeah. Because how they, how they ranked... How, like, how underdog they, with Vegas odds. Oh. That's like the, yeah. Oh, the, well then... One was like plus 700 and she was like plus oh, 650. I still like, think really this plus. was... In my opinion, out of all that I've seen, I think this was the biggest upset, which was... I think it was the most magnitude... Pop, yeah. um, like Rousey beating Holly Holm. Or home, home being, being around. Okay, that's a big yeah, that's a big one too. In twenty fifteen. Yeah. She kicked her ass too there. And I guess the second one technically is Matt Sarah beating. Matt Sarah catching GSP. Yeah. And, and then, then this? Pena and Nunes. That's what they said. Um I put yeah, Nunez, I put this there. one in. It's up there. I I would say this one was more uh huh, how do you I don't know, it's weird. Because I was in it I so I'll be biased talking about it. So. Yeah. I don't know if <laughs> nah, give your take on it. I'd like to hear like I think it's more I think because the UFC grew. Since like it's only getting bigger, right? More Correct. popular. I think it was the largest it ex- upset. Yeah. Like more views, more more people were like, "Holy shit!" Like given the development of like the league. Yeah, the I think I think the stuff. sport grew a little bit more since Ronda. Yeah, and Ronda was big. That, that oh, yeah. was away big. Especially for the women, she was huge, right? And, yeah. So I can see that being number one just off of that. Um, I think there was, there was a lot of eyes on it. It was a big card. It was at the end of the year, right before it was the last uh, pay per view of the year. Mm-hmm. And she was the biggest lopsided under, underdog bet. You know what I'm saying? To come and pull that off. I think when they fight, and I think again. a lot of people wrote her off mm-hmm. because she had a kid. So yeah. she, she all right. So she had that injury. She was out for a while. She came back and won a few fights. She was undefeated actually, and then she lost to Shashenko Valentina. She had kind of armbar. I remember that camp. She didn't train for that. Um, Right after that, she, I think she hurt her arm in that arm bar and was resting for a while, whatever. And then she ended up getting pregnant. And she, uh, so she was out for a long time because she also had a C-section. That, so it that was, put you out for her. I don't right. know. Months after. Hey, oh, yeah. She told me they removed her guts and moved them on the table to take her baby out and Ching. put her guts back in and sold her back together like a like a toy or something. And I thought she <laughs> just wild. cried out to me. And she, yeah. 
That's wild. Interesting though. fact too, though. There's a lady in in St. Charles where Juliana would come out here. She does like this all natural massages for women, and people fly, these women flying in from all over the world. They're coming. In from Dude, I remember I was listening to Joe Rogan's episode with Juliana, with Juliana, and that. she talked about St. Charles. I and, met her in her uh, podcast. You met the woman. Yeah, I met I the woman. In- she was cool, and, and, and she does like a massage yeah. to yeah. repair your six pack, your stomach, and your yeah. stomach lining. That was cool. That Indirectly, she leading that. up to that fight week, I told Omar about it. But I work at a bank, and the lady came through, and for some reason, I was talking to my coworkers about the UFC, and she heard it through the mic, and she's like, "Oh, I'm going to see my friend in Vegas for the fight," oh, and I'm like, "Who do you know there?" She's like, "Oh, I know Juliana Pena. Like, we're going out there to watch the fight." I remember telling her jokingly like well, i hope she comes out of there okay because Nunez is gonna potentially ah, mess her up so i come I, on, I apologize man. for it after the fact but come yeah it's interesting the, the saint charles connection to it and yeah i, I didn't ask yeah, her in her occupation but i i wouldn't be surprised that might have been her probably yeah. i think she went with her because she she helped with her uh her recovery on yeah that. that's cool. scar tissue and all that and it was really because she i remember training with she had she wouldn't get in pain she would have to stop training she sure that's like, oh crazy God, comfort, like, yeah she said like it felt like <laughs> Like the movie Alien, like the alien's gonna pop out of her stomach, like. But she was in pain; it was serious. And I was like, "Man, you gotta get that shit fixed." Like, and and she helped help her repair. And she also does like women that come in from all over; they can't get pregnant. She'll do like a massage and like massage like their ovaries or the circulation in that area, and she'll increase their percentage by like a huge percent on them getting pregnant that girl, without medicine. Yeah, and she's known. She's like a whisperer, like some, some yeah. super interesting you know, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's, she, cool. that's cool. It's part of Juliana's like journey. Yeah. With no, with knowing her, how you doing in hindsight? Maybe it would change how you answer this. But like, is there some quality about her that separates her from others that like led her to this comeback and led oh. her to the position she's in now? Like her as a person, what oh. what about her is just special? The recipe <laughs> is like is 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 the same shit everybody says. The hard work, the dedication, the sacrifice. She outworked everybody in the division. What she did different, I think it was like a, um, like when she had her baby, I think being gone again, and she had came off a loss, she, she was gone for a while, people already wrote her out. People were already like, ah, she's done, she had a baby, this, that, she's not going to be anything, mm-hmm. you know? And she only had just that one loss, you know? And then she came back and just kept winning, 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 and like, she willed herself back, and she also trained more than ever, she took it more serious, she got... I'm talking about across the board from strength and conditioning. She increased. She got so strong for the Nunez fight. She looked. She, I, I seen her build her body up to that, and uh, it was inspiring because I got in good shape at the same time she did that. I remember it kind of rubbed off on everybody. The energy, you know, the hard work. Um, her boxing, when her boxing goes, Wayne Gregory. Like I never seen her box that good. Yeah, because in that fight it, it they just, were standing in the middle of the ring. Oh, she was winning they were like exchanging blows, right. and it was just it, for her striking. Yeah, she, she was out striking her. She was out boxer. That was wild. And it just man, like her boxing got better. I've seen her box too. I've seen her drop chicks. So I've seen her box. <laughs> she has a really heavy right hand, uh, Julie. Um, not only that, she was able to put it together and actually box. She actually did good in her the fight against Sarah McMahon, the one before that. In one of the later rounds, she actually starts unboxing Sarah McMahon. And you can see that she was kind of bullying her with the boxing, beating her ass with the boxing. So that was like when I saw her in the fight, use her boxing and she'd be effective with it. And then uh, her conditioning is like no other. It's like I put up there with Clay Guida. She won't get tired. Clay Guida's you can't get You can't get Juliana or Clay Guida tired. They'll die. You or Nate Diaz. Or Diaz. Like, right, right. <laughs> they keep putting the gas pedal on you. They have like that heart, like that yeah. crazy. And like... I don't know if it's genetic 
or their yeah, it's like know. willpower. Something it's so much. They, they, their whole life's on the line. The way the way she is, and and the way she fought when her daughter was born. After that, it was like a resurrection of her career, man, of everything, and the way she saw life, how she matured, um, just her positive energy, and just it was no like magical pill or no like genetic gift or she comes from a neighborhood out there. I've been to her neighborhood too. And she grew up like everyone else. She plays, you know, basketball in high school. She didn't box it. So she went to her first class was to try to lose weight for like a cardio kickboxing class. And they were like, holy cow, who taught you how to punch? And she was like, like the coach like you did. It was Rick Little, her coach now. And he's like, what the heck? And so I guess he saw the potential in her and he built her up. And, and she come, she, she's one of the people that wasn't born with the gift. She wasn't a little kid throwing kicks, doing taekwondo. Um, she wasn't that. She was not that person. She's actually not even that super flexible. You know what I'm saying? But it was her win, her hard work. Is like freaking Naruto. Like she outtrained everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like there was no secret pill. And like especially this last year when she got the title, she was. It was. It was. She was determined. It was like some Michael Jordan. Like I'm gonna. Wake up! I'm gonna train before you. I'm gonna stay on the court, shoot more hoops than you. You know, like yeah. that mentality. And she comes from that. Like she loved that. I think that's one of the reasons why she came to Chicago. Was like she's so inspired by like, like she loves Kanye. I see how Kanye did. He came came up, you know, from producing and all that. And look at him, he's a billionaire. Yeah. You know, like the Michael Jordan mentality. Like, like Chicago was a good city for that. Yeah, she came for that. Like she came and attacked that. And I was actually. When the first day I saw her and I trained with her, we trained in the morning and the noon, and then I took her back, and she loved it so much. She had to do all this, like, media and radio and, like, sign autographs and all that, and she's like, I'm coming back. So I made her take the Metro, and she got off on the Roselle stop, and I picked her up and brought her to the gym. And then um, after I took her to the city, and I made sure the first place I took her was the Jordan statue, to the, to the Michael cool. Jordan uh, the United Center, when it was outside still. Yeah. And um, I don't like how they moved it inside. We got like I, I think she I had, like we got that. pictures of that. Yeah, I don't like how they put like, it inside. I don't either. like how they put it inside. That's I like insane. it outside. Yeah. I like it outside. They remind me of Rocky. I like get yeah, outside. Yeah, yeah. Not, I've been to that yeah. Philly. That's it's not the crazy. same though. Have it inside. So we, we went there. I remember I took her to Maxwell Street Polish over there, like the original gyms, and uh, she had got that. And then uh, I remember she had to sign a bunch of autographs. They noticed that she was a fighter from the show, like one of the chefs, and she signed all these autographs. She's That's like, cool. She's like. Fuck, Donnie, look what you made me do. And I'm like, get used to it because you're going to be champ one day. You know? And I wasn't fucking around. I was like, she had that, that good character personality because, like, what you see is what you get. When you see her on TV and how she is, she's super cool. She seems super, like, just super like, down sweet, to earth. normal. Like, yeah, she's I'm watching, normal. She's coaching the tough season this year. And, like, I didn't watch the episode that came out tonight, but, like, I've watched all the episodes leading up. Like, she's super, she like, seems like, a really her on, nice, just her on Joe Rogan, too. She seems like a good, uh, family girl. It's 100%. Has that flip, has that, uh, the switch that you can just flip and turn on and she'll outcompete, outwork anybody. She's Even always, she she, she's competitive. She's normal, yeah. She's competitive. I mean, she brings dominoes with her. We go to go eat at a restaurant. She pulls out dominoes out of her purse, and she's, like, challenging me. I'm like, all right. Like, she just has that, she has that Jordan drive, that mentality. And I love it because that just, you know, it brings the best out of all of us. If we had that, and you're always constantly competing and whatever, and it's all in good nature. That's she's cool. always game. Like, she's she's game. She's always game. When is her and Nunez's second fight? When is it set against? End of July in Dallas. Because I think that fight is honestly going to break my like, pay-per-view numbers. Yeah. That's going to be a crazy... I think um, maybe we're going to have the same result. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think so. I think... Not, not, and, and not even... And I'm a fan of all the fighters in the UFC. I've been a fan of Nunez. 
But I think Nunes can't handle this loss, man. I think it eat her up. You think it had, like a Ronda loss? Because I mean, once Ronda yeah, lost, she was her it, mindset was not yeah, the same. I, well, I think I just think right now, yeah. I think I think she's so in her head. Yeah. That she just can't get over. I mean, Ronda lost w- once, and then she just tanked after that. Yeah, she was done. Which was, I mean... That's actually a really good card. I'm looking through the... They already had the whole fights. card set? Yeah, yeah. that's a stack card. Moreno, Kai... Oh, Moreno's um, back, yeah. Mm-hmm. July 30th? Yeah, he got rocked this, that is, fight. this is a big fight for the... They're saying if Jan doesn't, um, doesn't get Yuri, then it's going to be one of these, the winner of that fight. And July then also 30th? down... I know by Mondays, he trains at the same gym as Juliana, right? At the, uh, yeah, Ignacio. Yes, yeah, yeah Nacho. Yeah. He's dope. He had a he, he's dope spin kick. He came off the contender series and mm-hmm. got some badass yeah. wins, knockouts. And stuff. He oh, starts I'm glad, it. I'm and glad he's on the card. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. to put that in the calendar, July 30th. Yeah. yeah and he trained at VFS as well with Mike Valley. Mm-hmm. Striking and, yeah. And that's a great it's a cool gym. gym. That's, that's a great local gym. too, right? I've, I've trained here a few times with those guys. There is a lot of, oof. That's a lot of uh, Latinos in there. <laughs> Speaking of crazy knockouts, though, with the. Uh, I think we we talked about this when you cut my hair, but that uh, Michael Chandler kicked to oh Tony Ferguson. Oh my god! Shout out Michael Chandler. Nah, Michael Chandler sucks, but that was wild. <laughs> He's like my favorite. Part. I've been able to. Meet, I met him twice. You met him. Uh, got his autograph. Yeah, like cool guy. A little bit. Super cool. I want guy. Connor. Very down to I want Connor cool. to kick his ass. I hate Connor. I want. Connor. <laughs> <laughs> I hate Connor. I want Connor, Connor to kick Chandler. I want Connor to kick Chandler's ass. Connor's dude. all talk, man. Yeah. I think ta- I think Connor's in a bad spot right Connor's now. Let's go. No. I think he's done. He's a beast. He's making billions, selling his whiskey, he's money. and he's... He, oh, yeah. He'll be, he'll be wealthy, but I think he suffers a bad I loss. just think it's over for him. If man. he loses again, it's done, but he won't lose again. He will He's not losing again. again. I don't know if he'll win again, to be honest. Especially, yeah, right. Especially if it's some bum. I think and then at that point... Like, oh, it's like, perfect to throw trailer in there. With his last, like, five fights, he's lost, like, four. Like, pretty... Something decisive. like that, right? Oh, yeah. He got his ass kicked. Oh. He got to come off that bad leg injury. I think I think he's going to do a couple fights... And it don't matter about winning or losing, but I think he's, he's gonna, gonna make money, dude. Well, he's gonna—I think he's gonna box again. Oh, cool. Jesus! I think what's well, more money? Yeah, I think he's gonna box again. I think he end up with one of the Paul brothers or something. Well, speaking of uh, that makes a lot. Speaking of, of a Paul brother, I—I uh, I think it was Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel just had Mike Tyson on the show last night, and uh, who's this? Jake Paul? Is he the younger one, the actual boxer? Yeah, Jake. Yes. Jake, he's there. been calling out Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson said he wants to set it up. So I think that'll be, I think that'll be, because I mean, he, it sounds like he actually respects Jake Paul for what he's doing for. And the crazy thing is they're close on size. I mean, Paul's taller, but, uh. Like body weight, you're saying? Yeah, like, Mike's not, Mike's not a big heavyweight. He's stocky, but when he did the fight with Roy Jones, he got down under what? He was like 220? He looked good in that fight, I thought. Yeah, he got in great shape. Jake Paul's not 220, though. He ain't 220. I think if he doesn't he's, cut... Jake Paul's, what, 190? Well, he cuts to 190 when he does those matches. Oh, okay. I think he walks around by, like, 210. You see he's that, taller. You see that know, video when young. he uh, kicked that guy's ass on the airplane? Mike. Mike Tyson? Tyson. Yeah. That show was wild. They were talking about that on... Uh, that was wild, too. Nori's podcast, Dream Champs. I saw that. Yeah, because that guy it was just heckling him on the plane, and Mike had enough of it. Yeah. I can see he said, though, on Jimmy Kimmel that he was just high as a kite. Uh, Mike Tyson, he was high, and he just, like, he, he was just pissed off. <laughs> and he just wanted to be high, just alone, and this guy was not letting oh, him just man. enjoy his high, and so he just whooped his ass. That's, yeah, that's that's crazy. Why, why would you mess with that guy? That's like 
jumping over the fence at the, yeah, at the zoo. Yeah. In the lion fucking pit. Like, <laughs> yeah. what are you doing? You know, you might have better odds, actually, with a lion Mike Tyson. But yeah, we're uh, we're gonna close up, wrap up a little bit. Um, do you kind of want to any closing remarks? Any uh, people in the area that I don't know that want to train, come to your gym, or um, any closing remarks on what we got for this conversation? Yeah, I'm out of, I'm out of one fitness center in Elgin. It's off of uh, Big Timber McLean. The address is what is it? Twenty four Tyler Creek Plaza. We um, can put that all in the bio too and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you can follow me on my my handle. Instagram is a. Uh, Donnie Blaze twenty three, and I just set up a my jujitsu. Um, I I got my own. I went independent. It's called Samurai Spirit Jujitsu. Shout out to Omar with the logo. There we go. Yeah, Omar made the logo for me. <laughs> there we go. It did a great job, and uh, yeah, the geese and stuff look sweet. The geese came on nice. Yeah, yeah, I got I got I got some some custom gi made and all that. Yeah, I gotta yeah. start doing like rash guards and shorts. Um, it's pretty cool, man. It's, it's, it's you know we're growing, we're getting out there. Jiu-Jitsu everywhere, I think, is growing. MMA and all that is getting out there, you know. And um, Yeah, if you guys want, just stop by first class. I teach everything from boxing to kickboxing, kids' class, adults, jiu-jitsu, a little bit of everything. So you're going to kind of pretty much learn, you know, stand-up ground fighting the whole nine pretty much. Um, and it's good for all ages. I got a lot of kids right now that are competing. I just had a kid over the weekend win. He's That's like awesome. 15 years old, and he looks like um, – we call him Stylebender. <laughs> he looks like, like Izzy. He kind of looks like Izzy. Izzy. Yeah, okay. yeah. He's very explosive and and it's crazy because his Muay Thai is pretty good and I I, would, I don't want him to hit nobody because he, he can kick like a donkey. He's going up against other fifteen year olds. He can hurt. Puts I mean, hurt he's kicking. A, he's kicking the grown folks' asses and they're like, yeah. "How old is he again?" They're like, "What do you feed him?" Yeah. So so good for um, him. it's good to have a, a good student. He's a good kid. You know, he goes to school with good grades, everything. You know, and uh, he trains all the time. Yeah. And um. You know, we're, we're, I don't know, just these kids come in there, they'll surprise you, you know. It's pretty cool. It's pretty interesting, you know, just doing what you love. You know what I'm saying? I would say that's probably one of the best things in a good yeah. position I'm in is uh, I've been passionate about cutting hair and training martial arts, and I'm teaching it, you know, and and um, it's, it's, it's a great uh, feedback. It's not always about the money, you know. It's, it's the gratitude you get after you give someone a really good haircut and you kind of change their day. Or they come and they train martial arts with you. You build their confidence, their self-esteem, you know. So it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing. Not everybody has to be a world champion, you know what I'm saying? But some people love to do it for recreational. And, and there's a lot of cool people. You would think, like, these fighters would be, like, a lot of people think right away, like, they're meatheads. They're going to try to eat me up and beat my ass. No, they're, like, the opposite. They're actually, like, more nicer and cooler because mm-hmm. they get paid to do that, yeah. <laughs> to fight. They're going to help you grow and you know that's how everybody's been and that's how even like juliana was when i first met her and other people so yeah it's pretty cool to see the, the community and it's getting more popular so i would say check out a local jujitsu gym yeah. if you don't come to mind go somewhere else but yeah. it's it's pretty cool yeah try it. it's wor- worth the time it's and worth effort yeah. kids you know learn exactly yeah no that was awesome yeah it was a good time today the the history lesson you yep. gave all of us and oh yeah i'm sorry i don't know all my terminology and my no names. you're good i'm sure a lot of that's spot on it's very cool to learn like the origin and roots of something yeah. that's saying gaining popularity and has a special place in our hearts as fans and practitioners to a point and obviously for you it shaped your life a lot so we appreciate you. Yeah, sure. I'm sure we could get us. you on uh, again eventually, and literally just have a whole episode about like barber, like cutting hair, and that journey too. Because I mean, that's a whole. Oh man, I got, well, that's I a got, whole other journey too. I got story for days. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely no, have you on again. We'll but 
Thank you for, yeah, I mean, as everyone knows, we've been on kind of like a two, three month break, but we're going to try to get back in the swing of things. So thanks for being our guest, for helping us get back on track. For sure. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. Have a good one. All right, peace.